This is Music You Can Find, a weekly discussion about some of the most interesting albums out recently. I'm Charlie DeMont Wildy. It's the week of December 16th, and we're really getting into it this week. We're getting started on the roundups, the lists, the favorites. We're going to do a sort of series over the next few weeks covering some of my favorites from the year, and then we're going to do some discussion about the decade. This week, we're starting off with 2019. It has been a very good year for new music. There's been plenty to talk about on this first year of the podcast. I sat down to get together a top 10 list, and before I knew it, I had put down something like 18 albums that I really wanted on the list without even thinking about it. It it was just easy to come up with this many that I felt like really deserved to be there. It was very hard to whittle this down to 10. I had it down to like 12 for a while, and it was like, I, I, I didn't know it was very hard to remove some of the albums that didn't make it. Eventually, we got it to 10. That said, I don't have a clear number one for this year, personally. I look at all of the albums I've enjoyed. I've looked at everything I've been listening to. And when I look back on 2019, I don't have the one that I think is the album of the year for me. These 10 albums are going to be presented in no order. I also want to note that this isn't what I am asserting to be the 10, quote, best albums, the way a publication or a music journalist would try and lay out. You can look at all those lists and see what you think. They, they exist. They're out there, obviously. There are a ton of them. I'm going to do the 10 that I would most like to pick as my favorites. So that means a lot of these are not going to be on most publications' year-end lists. A lot of the consensus picks are really, really great and deserve to be on those lists, even near the top. I loved that Billie Eilish record. I loved the new Solange. Of course, Purple Mountains could be one of the best albums of the year. None of those made it for me. They're not here. That's more than enough preamble, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. I am going to start off talking about one of those consensus picks that is on my list, Lizzo's Cause I Love You. Lizzo is obviously one of the biggest stars in the music world this year. She has been one of the dominant voices at the front of the conversation all year, and I am so happy about it. She has so much talent, and she's been working hard for so long. It's just awesome to finally see her become the star that she is supposed to be. I think this album is just great, and the songs that aren't hits are all great. Most of my favorites aren't the ones you're hearing every day. The songwriting, front to back, is high quality, full of clever lyrics, lively arrangements, and of course, all centered around the amazing performances of Lizzo herself. I love the way she pushes her vocals to the edge of control to wring the emotion out of these songs. She's so fun, so charming, but she really lets herself just get out there. She really lets herself feel so raw in these performances. Look, Lizzo is everywhere. And I'm for it. I've been a fan of hers for a long time, and it's awesome to see the world finally get it. If you're overwhelmed by the singles, or if you're tired of of how much you're seeing her kind of just out there all the time, I think that it's worth listening to the rest of the album. I think that there is just so much to enjoy here, and I can't deny her a spot on this list. I love it. Next up is the album that was my number one pick at the halfway point in the year, and it's Weeping Choir by Full of Hell. Obviously a little bit different from the previous one. This album is still brutal. It still rips, and I still 
love it here at the end of the year. The songs are varied, exploring a variety of extreme subgenres like grindcore, harsh noise, sludge, and the production is perfection. It's that exact, I've talked about this before, it's, it's the perfect amount of clarity, legibility, and just out and out sludge grime. It's just so filthy and, and, and aggressive. The songs just, they grab hold of me from the first moments and, and never let go. If you are at all interested in music on this end of the spectrum, I think this is unskippable. It's brutal and uncompromising, but I think still very accessible. This could be the gateway into extreme music if you need one. I truly love this album. It was number one when I was able to order things, and it's still definitely up there now that we're here at the end of the year. Incidentally, I'll mention Full of Hell had their van and all of their gear and their tour merch stolen fairly recently, uh, just on this tour, maybe in the last month or two. Someone started a GoFundMe for them. You can look it up if you just say Full of Hell GoFundMe. You'll find it. If you like this album or or if you're just willing to support you know, a, a young band of guys making some, some truly creative and interesting music, if you've got a few bucks, you know, why not get out there, support them getting back on their feet? I, I it's It sucks to hear about that, and, and I hope that they do well. I love this album, and I want to hear more from them. All right, now I want to talk about JPEG Mafia and his new album, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. I would not say this is the most interesting album from JPEG Mafia to start with. Probably Veteran is a more immediately bracing place to start, but this might be his best album. It's definitely a real development for him, and it just solidifies Peggy as one of the most interesting artists working now. His interpretation of rap is so interesting, with no regard for what it needs to sound like. What it what it it does it does not need to fall into this box or this assumption of what rap has been in the past. He takes the techniques of the style, he uses some of the tropes, some of the tools, just like a, as a sandbox to craft his own vision that is completely unique. JPEG Mafia is one of the most avant-garde artists with this level of mainstream success. I love his bizarre song structures and the way he will use noise right next to like vaporwave, inflected haze. I love his his development as a vocalist on this album. I think this is his strongest album as a vocal performer. His music is unapologetically experimental and sometimes very harsh, but this album explores softer sounds and is much more emotionally vulnerable and open, exploring some more personal themes than his previous work may be tended to. His work has always been very personal, very idiosyncratic, but this this time it's it's very self-aware and it's it feels a lot more open. This is his most intimate work. It's definitely one of the most interesting pieces of art this year, in my opinion. I love JPEG Mafia. All my heroes are cornballs. Tyler the Creator also released what is probably his best album and one of the best albums of the year with Igor. This album exists in the space between genres and specifically somewhere in the vicinity of hip-hop and R&B. Obviously, it has been a huge trend over the course of the decade to kind of blend and disregard genre. It's uh, That is a trend I am all about. I am in support of. 
And this album is a really, really good example of the way that that can be used. There's a very unique atmosphere and a coherent sound to this album that sets it apart from anything else that that plays with these genres at all. It's such a smartly put together album. It's it's an effective concept album, tracing the story of a relationship with, with the exact right amount of subtlety and clarity. It's there if you if you want to read into this, but it is not so. It's it never gets in the way of the music as its own experience. Similarly to JPEG Mafia, I may still have more fun listening to Tyler's previous album, Flower Boy, but I'd say it's clear at this point that this is just his best achievement as an artist. He's so creative and such a talented songwriter, and there's no better way to display this than with Igor. Truly an accomplishment. Next up, I'll talk about what might be my favorite rap record of the year, Billy Woods' Hiding Places. Billy Woods is maybe the most important force in the world of underground hip-hop. His, his cryptic lyricism, his bold and dark vision, and his immaculately selected sounds add up to albums that are just always wonderfully enigmatic riddles. This album is a collaboration with producer Kenny Siegel, and the two work together fantastically. The songs, the song structures are bizarre and indecipherable. The beats seem just impossible. They don't feel like they could possibly be rap beats. And, and that's somehow the space where Billy Woods really thrives in a way that no one else can. Uncompromising and unapologetic are words I've already used to describe other albums on this list. But there's no better way to describe this album. It, it's... It feels atmospheric. It, he he pulls you into his mind in a way that's it's kind of it's grimy, but man, it is just so compelling. I love Billy Woods. He remains one of the most compelling voices in the music scene. I'd say this is probably as good a place to start as any if you haven't listened to Billy Woods before. I love his previous work with Arm and Hammer. Last year, Paraffin was that was one of the best albums of the year. Billy Woods, he, he has a a high level of consistency. Very, very creative, always very interesting. Now, in a slightly different direction, I'm excited to talk about Otaboke Beaver and their album Itekoma Hits. So Otaboke Beaver are a four-piece all-girl punk band from Kyoto, and this album is an absolute blast. They combine elements of garage punk, noise punk, hardcore, and Riot Girl to make one of the most exciting and vibrant punk albums in recent memory. It keeps you guessing, keeps your toes tapping, and it just keeps you shouting right along with it. There is so much fun to be had with this record. I just love it. Highly recommended to anyone looking for an off-kilter and noisy, but still very, very catchy and fun punk record. Ota Boke Beaver, this cannot be missed. The next on the list is going to be the terrific Infest, The Rat's Nest, by the one and only King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Giz remain on their journey to prove they can do just about anything as they deliver their vision of an epic thrash metal album. They take the style of thrash and, sm- and, and just smoosh it, they just, they just filter it through their psychedelic aesthetic, and all in order to tell the apocalyptic sci-fi story of environmental collapse, economic disparity, the rich colonizing Mars, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you listen, I'll let you get to the rest, it's worth digging into on your own. This thing is thrilling from top to bottom, and it's, 
I think, one of the most successful of King Gizzard's many ambitious experiments. They're, they're always interesting, and I like almost all of their albums, but this one just really locks in for me. If you like thrash and you want to hear a really, really interesting take on it, then I would highly, highly recommend this. If you are at all interested in ambitious, conceptual rock and roll, psychedelic rock, all I can do is recommend the entire discography of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They've produced like a dozen albums in the last six years, and, and all of them have an interesting hook and interesting concept. And this one is, for me, pretty near the top of the heap, and it is squarely on this list of my 10 favorite albums of the year. Now, this next album was number two for me earlier in the year, and I can't help but keep it firmly in my personal top 10 favorites. It's Tiny Ruins with the wonderful Olympic Girls. There have been a lot of really great albums from female indie musicians with Angel Olsen and Wise Blood getting a lot of attention, but for me personally, I was just the most moved by this Tiny Ruins album. It has a perfect blend of somber beauty and kind of forward propulsive momentum to make this album both relaxing and pleasant without ever getting sleepy. It's truly perfect morning music. It can just ease you into the day. The arrangements and the production are lush and textured, and the songs just always shine through. I found this album to be a real treat, and I kept loving it all year, listen after listen. If, if you are in the mood for something beautiful and pleasant, then I, I definitely would recommend Tiny Ruins with their latest Olympic Girls. Another album from early in the year that stuck its way through to the end is Mexican psychedelic band Laurel Meets the Obsolete and their latest record, De Facto. I don't know what to say about this one other than that I, I loved it. It's delightfully analog and still refreshingly modern sounding. The songwriting keeps me engaged throughout the track list. I'm just, I'm never bored. I'm always completely on its frequency. There, there were really good albums in this modern psychedelia category this year, and a few really almost took this spot on the list. But in the end, this one from Laurel Meets the Obsolete, this was the one I found the most exciting, and it was the one that just kept me wanting to come back to the most often. And so that's why it lands on this list, De Facto by Laurel Meets the Obsolete. And finally, the last album on my top 10 favorites is going to be the latest from Girlwood. Now, if you're looking this up and you haven't heard them before, it's going to be, this is all one word, and it's G-R-L, that part's capitalized, and then Wood, all one word, G-R-L, Wood. And the album is called I Sold My Soul to the Devil When I Was 12. This group is definitely my favorite discovery of 2019. I had not heard them before, but as soon as this album got ripping, I was just 100% on board. I went back and listened to their previous material, and I love it, and I think that this year's release is their best so far. Their blending of sort of indie country folk with out-and-out -out screaming punk rock just rules. I think, this, I think the songs are perfectly constructed with the right amount of each element, and they are excellently performed. This is, there's so much anger, such attitude, and a perfect sense of humor. It, it's, every, it's truly everything punk is supposed to be. It's an outlet for aggression against a society that needs to do better. And this is a defiant album that just needs to scream, look, America hates women, and this needs to change. You know, this, this is an album that is fed up 
with the way that things are and with, with the way people are treated. And it's all delivered with the right amount of blood and smirk. I love, love, love this album. I'm so happy to include it on my list. So that's it. That's my top 10. We'll run through it again really quick. We've got Lizzo with Cause I Love You, Full of Hell with Weeping Choir, JPEG Mafia with All My Heroes Are Cornballs, Tyler the Creator's album Igor, Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel with Hiding Places, Otoboke Beaver with It Take Hits, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and their album Infest, The Rat's Nest, Tiny Ruins and Olympic Girls, Laurel Meets The Obsolete, their album De Facto from the very beginning of the year, and finally Girlwood with their newest album I Sold My Soul to the Devil When I Was Twelve. Now, I had a ton of albums that I really wanted on this list, like I mentioned at the beginning. The two that were so difficult, the two that stayed on for so long, were Kendra Amelie with the album Intuition, is a really, really wonderful and interesting, mostly instrumental, guitar-based, psychedelic-ish kind of cosmic, a little experimental, a little jazz, a a fascinating album. I re-listened to it for this list. I love it so much. It was very hard to leave it off the list. And then Cloud Rat with Pollinator. This is a grindcore kind of power violence band, and I think that this is just an immaculately conceived, I think it's, it's a nearly flawless power violence album i have so much fun with it i love the atmosphere of it i love the songwriting of it i love the performances of it i really wanted to include cloud rat and it was a bummer for me that i couldn't now the rat i mean there's so many that i would love to mention yugen blacklock south african rapper had an amazing album this year faye webster another female indie songwriter with a, a truly wonderful album she mixes in it's kind of like Hawaiian or or deep country kind of seal guitar into her indie folk, and it's truly wonderful. Brockhampton, my favorite band in the world. They had a wonderful album this year with Ginger. Just didn't make it into my top ten, even though I loved it. Danny Brown, one of my favorite musicians. I've said that Danny Brown is the heir apparent to Frank Zappa in the past. He had a new album called You Know What I'm Saying. I loved it. If you don't know Danny Brown, this is a great version of Danny Brown to get to know. Oozing Wound, you know, crossover thrash band. They had an album, High Anxiety, that was a blast. I would have loved to have put it on here. I think Sharon Van Etten released out and out her best album of her career with Remind Me Tomorrow. The way that she blends electronics into her sound is amazing. You know, this is Kate Bush meets Radiohead meets modern indie in a way that I loved. I listened to this album over and over. Blood Incantations, we just talked about this one recently. Hidden History of the Human Race, one of my favorite metal albums. Maybe Full Stop, maybe one of my favorite metal albums. This is an amazing death metal record. It's so creative and so well-performed. And then the other album that this one almost took that place, from Laurel Meets the Obsolete, Anna Frango Electrico. They have an album called Little Electric Chicken Heart. It's just this, this amazing blend of kind of psych with bossa nova and and sort of you know that latin inspired jazz that we heard in the 60s it, but but coming from this this such an interesting and artistic place and it's all so well rendered i love that one i i haven't talked about that one on the podcast so i would absolutely urge you to listen to Ana frango electrico with little electric chicken heart 
a wonderful record. So that's it. That's it for this week. We have more coming up. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do next week, but we've got a lot to talk about. I've got a lot of lists made, and I'm excited to talk about it. I'm going to make a different playlist this week as opposed to the usual music you can find this week. I'm going to create a music you can find top 10 of 2019 list. That will be in the show notes. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends about the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Charlie's Takes. Now, as always, if you found something here, make sure to check out the artist, pick up the record, or buy some merch. If they're coming to town, go out to the show. Let me know what you've been listening to lately. Let me know what your favorites of the year are, if I didn't make them on the list. And give me a heads up if there's something on the way you're excited about. What are you looking forward to next year? What are you hoping to hear? That'll be it for this week. This is music you can find. Tune in next time.